What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. 125%. That's how much Maxar Technology stock shot up in a single day after the news broke that it would be bought. The deal, $53 per share or $6.4 billion, including debt, in an all-cash take-private transaction led by Advent International, expected to close sometime next year. It's the latest in a flurry of space-focused M&A, and it puts stratospheric premium 129% on the space imagery and infrastructure company. Maxar has become more of a household name this year as the provider of many of the satellite pictures the public has seen of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But it's also in the midst of a multi-year turnaround and more capital could mean faster deployment of its next-gen constellation, Worldview Legion. This requires a tremendous amount of work and you simply are going to have some of these type of delays when you're dealing with this type of complicated assets. It's part of why we think in a private context that we can make sure that this company gets all that it needs and the time to successfully launch these. We do believe with management that this is going to be a successful launch this year. Advent is a private equity firm with $89 billion in assets under management as of the end of September. It has invested $28 billion in defense, security, and cybersecurity in just the last three years. In this episode, we dig into the deal details and why it's a price worth paying for Advent's chair and managing partner, David Musifer. I'm Morgan Brennan, and this is Manifest Space. Morgan, we've been working on this for almost a year. And it's one of these really amazing strategic assets that we felt like had tremendous opportunity, but in a lot of ways, we felt like it might be a really great opportunity as a private company to be able to lean in and try to accelerate some of the growth that we think is potential with this asset. What do you think you can do with Maxar as a private company that couldn't have been done as a public company? You can do everything as a public company. So that in and of itself doesn't encumber you. But just in the context of a public company, some of these businesses are really lumpy. They've got big capital expenditure cycles. They've got elements that are hard to predict, like when the next launch of the new Legion satellites will occur. And so some of those things create uncertainty in the public markets. But as a private investor, we're willing to be patient and make sure that this company gets all the capital and opportunities at the right time frame to make these bigger opportunities happen. I do want to get into uh, the satellites and, and the actual business and timeline for launch, all of that in a little bit more detail. But first, $53 per share, it's 129% premium to where the stock was trading prior to the announcement of this deal. How are you thinking about value given that? Well, I heard David on Friday saying he thought uh, that, that same thing, that maybe we overpaid uh, David Faber. But from our standpoint, um, we're really trying to look at the intrinsic value of what we think an asset is worth. And in this case, 
everything in the context of a going private is competitive in a certain way. And so for us, we had to craft what we felt like was the right price for the shareholders and a fair price for our shareholders making that new investment. And in this case, we felt like that was the right price for Maxar. It certainly represented a significant premium and it's a great reflection on Dan and the management team and the turnaround that they've done there where this stock price is near up nearly tenfold in the last uh, three or four years uh, on the basis of this uh, announcement. So I guess just to dig into that a little bit more, how are you thinking about that in terms of returns moving forward? I know you just uh, raised a chunk of change uh, in a new fund this year, but you're also raising debt in part to take Maxar private. Um, how are you thinking about synergies? How are you thinking about what Maxar looks like in the future? Yeah, so when we thought about this opportunity, clearly we're thinking about it from this point forward. You've got to pay a fair price for the asset for both parties, but really what we think about in terms of value creation is what we can do to help continue to accelerate the momentum that this amazing company already has. And a big part of that is thinking about how to help them continue to innovate and build their earth observation and earth intelligence capabilities. And so specifically with the new satellites that they're gonna launch this year, we believe those are a big step forward and are gonna create some really amazing capabilities for this business uh, with the next generation of satellites. And we're looking forward to help, trying to help this company accelerate the launch of uh, the development of Legion 7 and 8, which is the next generation after this coming one, and really looking forward to thinking about what we can do to really help this business um, continue the successful route that it's been on. Expectations for the targeted launch of Worldview and some of these satellites, we've seen some delays. Um, I guess, how does that factor into your business model as you look to close this deal next year? Well, I mean, these are really complicated systems. So obviously the proverb, you know, measure twice and cut once, once these are in space, this requires a tremendous amount of work and you simply are gonna have some of these type of delays when you're dealing with this type of complicated assets. It's part of why we think in a private context that we can make sure that this company gets all that it needs and the time to successfully launch these. Um, they're the next generation. They're gonna be helping to accelerate and improve the capability set of Maxar. And so uh, we do believe with management that this is gonna be a successful launch this year. Um, just one more, one more deal question for you, and that is the 60-day go shop period. A uh, few analysts noting that that's actually longer than you typically would see, see for, for a deal such as this. Uh, Why did you feel comfortable with that number? You know, I think that there's, you know, in our business, you can't steal first base. So you've got to pay the right price for this business. And uh, our hope and belief is that hopefully that's the case. But inevitably, this is a really important company and the shareholders have to be comfortable with that same uh, scenario. So we never want to be in a position where the shareholders feel rushed or like in some way we haven't done everything in a balanced uh, manner. How does this fit into your broader defense space and security portfolio at Advent? 
Well, thinking about tomorrow's technologies, we're really trying to anticipate and really think about where we believe some of the most important technologies are going. So companies in the cyberspace, and now certainly in space, and, and in aerospace and defense, we believe are some of the more interesting areas. So for our investors, we're always spending time trying to think about broadly the thematics of where uh, business is going to be moving in really interesting areas. And particularly, we've made some big investments in those areas. So invested almost $30 billion in the cyber and aerospace and defense landscape across companies like McAfee and Cobham Ultra, and hopefully uh, in the future, Maxar. And of course, these are areas, I have this conversation a lot uh, on, on our air, um, these are areas where there's potentially secular growth despite a, mac a macroeconomic downturn. Is that sort of how you're seeing it? Well, I mean, when you think about the potential, this is a brand new area of development. So historically, Maxar's really most biggest part of their business was building satellites. And today, the Earth intelligence has grown in terms of importance with the value of that data and what they're providing in terms of defense, mission critical defense applications, but as well as amazing new technologies that are going to drive commercial applications for um, companies all over the world. So, just to broaden this out a little bit, um, what is your, I guess, outlook for 2023 when it comes to deal making and M&A in general? Well, it's felt like we've been in a recession all this year. If you're in the equity markets or the private markets, it's been a really, really tough period. Um, and when we think ahead, you know, there's a lot of mixed signals. Clearly, you've got an inverted yield curve, which signals some uncertainty ahead and the most likely outcome of some sort of downturn. And we're going to be prepared for that if that's the case. Now, as a private equity investor, we're optimists at heart. And so thinking about the opportunity that we see, I think we see that there, with some cautious optimism that you may see things begin to improve in the latter part of next year. And once again, we'll be ready if that's the case as well. So we're taking the time to make sure that our companies all have the capital, they're conservatively financed, and hopefully in a position to be on their front foot as opportunities present themselves during this downturn. So we just talked about space. I guess more broadly, looking across the market right now, where do you see those potential opportunities? What are the sectors that you're watching most closely? I mean, technology broadly has been dislocated if you look at how high those valuations went and then where they've come down to. Mm -hmm. But the opportunity set for new technology, in particular software innovation, has never been higher. And so we're investing deeply in the tech landscape. Uh, today and see amazing platforms that are being created to solve new problems. But we're also investors in a broad set. Uh, so in the industrial space, obviously in aerospace and defense, but healthcare uh, broadly around the world. Consumer is one of our larger areas. And then financial services and payments. So across the landscape, we see some really interesting tech-enabled opportunities across all of those sectors and are keeping an eye out for what we believe are tomorrow's businesses that will benefit from some of those disruptive elements that you see in the market today. Do you feel like there's a disconnect between what's happening in the private market right now versus the public markets? 
Well, I mean, the public markets are the first to respond. So, I mean, that's the canary in the coal mine. You see these stock prices that drop immediately. It's uh, when there's fear, uh, you see the prices come down precipitously. Now, we've been investing in a market that's been nearly absent of fear for some a fairly long stretch, and that's not healthy either. And so we're in a much more balanced landscape. I don't think it's an easy time to invest, but a lot of times some of the best investments occur when it's not easy to raise money, when it's not easy to borrow. Sometimes that creates the right atmosphere for some real magic to happen, some really interesting opportunities. And so hopefully you'll see some of that that private investors can be a part of enabling in the next um, segment of the market. So just to bring this full circle, final thoughts on space, whether it's Maxar specifically or just where that industry, which I, we've been talking about for so many years, but now seems to be on the cusp of actually materializing in a much more meaningful way from an investor standpoint, what your thoughts are moving forward? I mean, you know, when you think about space, everyone gets a little giddy. Everyone loves to see rockets going up in the air. But in terms of technology, Maxar and businesses that are providing earth intelligence, data, analytics, machine learning that's enabling efficiency are the wave of the future. And so these companies are going to be really interesting to keep your eye on going forward. And we think Maxar is going to be at the heart of some of those most, some of those really powerful and interesting trends to come. Yeah, it's, it's been a very interesting year, too, in terms of all the consolidation we're seeing among the satellite operators and manufacturers, too. Uh, so great to speak with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Morgan. Have a great holiday. You, too. That does it for this episode of Manifest Space. Make sure you never miss a launch by searching Manifest Space wherever you get your podcasts and by following the Squawk on the Street podcast. For more on the space race, be sure to watch Squawk on the Street on CNBC. I'm Morgan Brennan. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.